Hi everyone, welcome to The Abstract, a special edition of the Lifestyle is Medicine podcast with Dr. George Cho, Medical Director of Pathways to Wholeness Lifestyle Medicine in Toronto, Canada. In The Abstract, we unpack a recently published peer-reviewed paper so you can stay up to date on the latest research on how our lifestyle is medicine. Hello everyone, welcome to The Abstract. Did you know that there is emerging scientific evidence to suggest a link between the way you were delivered at birth and your risk for obesity in the future. That's right. Scientists are now establishing a link between cesarean section and an increased risk for obesity in childhood, adolescence, and this effect could actually persist into adulthood. And this topic was explored recently in in one of the in an invited commentary in the JAMA Network Open Journal, this is the Journal of the American Medical Association. Uh, it was an invited commentary written by two medical doctors who explored this topic. And I want to just take a few moments just to explore some of the uh, some of the points made by these two medical doctors. Some of the major points made by the two doctors in this commentary are. Number one, in the study of long-term health impacts of common surgical interventions, one of the most consistent findings is that birth by cesarean delivery is associated with an increased risk of childhood obesity. This is a very consistent finding in the scientific research currently. Second, cesarean delivered individuals have up to 33% increased risk of obesity, and this was based on two systematic reviews um, that's currently in the literature where they looked at cesarean-delivered infants and the risk of obesity. Number three, obesity may manifest in childhood, adolescence, and this effect may actually persist into adulthood. Um, Number four, uh, in an Asian sample, uh, they found that elective cesarean delivery was associated with an almost twofold increased odds of childhood obesity or uh, increased risk of overweight or being overweight at 12 months. However, emergency cesarean delivery was not associated with an increased risk of childhood obesity. So elective cesarean delivery, which means the mother or the family, they choose to have cesarean delivery. Um, so that was associated with the increased odds of childhood obesity. But interestingly enough, emergency cesarean, so that is just, you know, you intend to have just a natural birth, but because of emergencies, you they eventually just decide to do a cesarean. That was actually not associated with increased risk of obesity. Now, uh, in a white Canadian cohort, they found kind of the opposite. They found that post-labor cesarean was more associated with weight issues than pre-labor cesarean delivery. So that's that's very interesting as well. Now, of course, for our listeners, the next obvious question is, why would there be such a link? Uh, how could there? How could the way that you're delivered at birth be uh, be a factor in your risks for obesity in the future? Well, one of the potential mechanisms to explain this link is with the gut microbiome. So what scientists are now realizing is that uh, the gut microbiome, so the uh, the microbes that are 
uh, inhabiting your GI tract, your gastrointestinal tract, more specifically and in particular your large intestine, this uh, microbiome is actually different between those who are born by cesarean section compared to those who are born vaginally. And what scientists are realizing is that the infants who are born by cesarean section, their gut microbiomes, so these microbes that are in the gut, they actually have have less diversity compared to those who are born vaginally. And of course, scientific evidence suggests that a more diverse gut microbiome has a positive impacts on health, including uh, on obesity. So this kind of makes sense if a cesarean section leads to or results in a less diverse microbiome, then we can uh, see how then that can eventually lead to something like obesity because we've seen a link between a di- less diverse microbiome and obesity. Now, the two doctors in the co- commentary, they do mention something that's very important and that is that this link is not causal. So they're not saying that the scientific evidence right now definitively suggests that cesarean delivery causes obesity. However, uh, there is enough scientific evidence for us to su- for us to suggest that a link is plausible and serious enough. So this link is serious enough to warrant ongoing scientific investigation. So uh, for our listeners out there, we can't go away and say, okay, cesarean delivery automatically. Okay, that means that you're going to be obese in the future. Or the kid is going to be obese. That's not the case. However, there is an association. There's a potential link. And that link is serious enough and uh, consistent enough in the scientific literature to suggest that we do need to explore this further and take seriously. So that is kind of a a basic summary of what the two doctors wrote in in the invited commentary. And we took a look at the two systematic reviews uh, that were analyzed by these two medical doctors, and they do indeed suggest that there is a potential link here, a potential association between cesarean delivery and an increased risk for obesity. So, so what are my personal thoughts on this? Well, uh, it see it does seem like there that there is a potential link, and that this link is serious enough for us to at least take into consideration. Of course, more research does need to be uh, does need to come out in order for us to really definitively say that one causes the other. Um, but you know, it is it does seem like there could be a link here. However, I think it is important to point out that um, that obesity that there's many factors that uh, that are linked with obesity, and it could be it could be possible that cesarean delivery is one factor. But rarely does one factor pull a trigger on and lead to obesity. Uh, different factors need to really converge together. Usually that is mostly the case. So if we do find that cesarean delivery does indeed strongly, there's a, that there's a strong link between cesarean delivery and obesity, it's likely not the case that one is going to lead to the other. So cesarean delivery causes obesity. That 
this could be a one-to-one kind of relationship where if you're born by cesarean delivery, you're automatically going to be obese. That's likely never really going to be the case. So I hope that that may help uh, alleviate maybe some of the concerns people might have. You know, oh, I'm, I was born by cesarean delivery, so now I'm going to become obese. Well, no, not necessarily, right? Uh, there are different factors that do need to converge in order to uh, result in obesity. And being born by cesarean delivery might be a factor and may give, maybe give you a, a small disadvantage, maybe. But different factors do need to come to to play here. And I think this then leads us to our final point, which is something I think we should uh, reflect on. And that is that, that, you know, we do live in an obesogenic environment, which means that our environment is really, uh, it really easily pushes us towards excess weight and obesity. Hence, uh, the current obesity epidemic. So we know we do live in an obesogenic environment, and this means that we have to take as much steps as possible to limit all the different factors that can lead to obesity. Now, for most of us, or all of us, we really can't go back in time and reverse the way that we were born, right? Um, that's just not possible. We were born in a cert- by a certain method, and that's it, right? So we can't change that. But there are a few things that we can do, and those things are living a healthy lifestyle now, right? And so I think data like this demonstrates to us that uh, that we do need to take our lifestyle very seriously because there's so many different factors that can really disadvantage us in our fight against obesity. So, and some things we can't really control. We can't control how many uh, fast food stores are around us all the advertisements, we can't control how we were delivered at birth. There's so many different factors that we can't really control. Uh, However, there are certain things that we can control. And many of these things that we can control are actually the most powerful factors when it comes to avoiding or getting obesity. And so, you know, I want to end off this episode with giving you some uh, tips or thoughts to reflect on on how we can right now uh, take steps to limiting the chances of us getting excess weight. And some of those practices that we should consider are first meeting the Canadian physical activity guidelines, which says we should have, we should attain about 150 minutes per week of moderate to vigorous aerobic physical activity. Uh, so that's about 25 minutes or so, 20 to 30 minutes of aerobic uh, activity uh, daily uh, at a moderate to vigorous intensity so which is enough to make you breathe harder and also enough to make you sweat and we know that physical activity is very important in managing weight Uh, plant-based diet is very important as well eating mostly plant foods in our diet i think that is a very good strategy to helping manage our weight eating home-cooked meals Uh, and greatly limiting processed food-like substances. Some people say processed food, but another way to put it is processed food-like substances because real food is really uh, the natural stuff, the stuff that we cook at home. You know, that's that's real food. And uh, when we cook our own food, usually that's lower in calories, but more nutritionally dense. 
And I think that's a good formula for managing our weight. Self-control in eating, so eating until you're comfortable, not uh, you know, 100% full, but eating until you're, you're kind of comfortable, right? So I think that's a good practice. Eating two meals per day sometimes is better than eating three. If you're going to have a third meal, then limiting it to a smaller portion is a good idea, particularly uh, having breakfast, a heavier breakfast with a lighter dinner if you're going to have that third meal. But I think optimally having breakfast and then about five to six hours later having lunch, I think that's a good strategy. Limiting snacks between meals uh, is good to is good is a good practice. Often the things that we snack on are very high in calories, low in nutrients, so it's kind of wasted wasted food. Um, and some people might be saying, you know, I get really hungry between my meals, but if you're eating high fiber foods, if you're eating plant based, uh, this has a lot of fiber, and if you have a lot of fiber, usually that will keep you full. Uh, getting to bed early, you know, before 11 o'clock, something like that is a good practice. And also uh, abstaining from alcohol. You know, alcohol is, has ca- extra calories that you really don't need. Alcohol is a toxin. Alcohol increases your risk for cancer. Uh, in fact, alcohol is uh, carcinogenic. Uh, so uh, alcohol is really not necessary. It's just wasted calories. It's, it's unnecessary. So, you know, in closing... You know, uh, is there a link between cesarean delivery and obesity? Currently, the science suggests that a link is plausible, but we do not know definitively if that link is there. But, you know, it is something to really consider. Um, However, you know, we want to emphasize that, you know, we there are other things that we can do to decrease our risk of getting obesity, which is managing how we eat, how we sleep, and how we exercise. So I want to encourage our listeners to really engage in those things as well. If you are expecting a child or planning on a child, then this is something that you can consider as well, uh, the method of delivery. And maybe it's something that you can discuss with uh, your OBGYN doctor, your midwife, and so forth. So I hope that the things we discussed today briefly is is helpful to you and hope that you'll implement some of the things that you've learned into your own life because really information is useless unless we apply it. Well, thank you everyone for tuning into the abstract. Remember to subscribe to the Lifestyles Medicine podcast to stay up to date on the latest episodes. This podcast was brought to you by the Pathways to Wholeness Lifestyle Medicine Center. You can learn more about the clinic at www pathways to honus.ca you can follow me personally on facebook twitter and instagram and also you can learn more on my website drgeorgecho.com so i hope to catch you next sunday for another episode and until then remember your lifestyle is medicine